What does it take to change? To make a big change in our lives. Think about a time when you have made a huge shift. Maybe it's a new job, a new career, a new love relationship, maybe marriage, maybe children, perhaps moving. What drove that decision? I dare say it was something in you, something in us that recognizes there's a better way. There's a way, a hope that we have for more fulfillment, more love, for peace, a vision of a better way, whatever that is. It's warmer in Hawaii. <laughs> Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news. Good news, the ultimate better way. The reading we just heard was from the very first chapter of Mark's gospel. And Jesus proclaims the good news, the good news of God. Jesus sees two brothers fishing, says, follow me. They drop their nets and follow. Jesus sees two more brothers fishing, follow me. And they too drop their nets. So had they gotten wind of what Jesus was already preaching, the good news he was sharing? We don't know. Nothing in scripture about that. Or was there something about Jesus' presence, his very being that was so overwhelmingly powerful that the good news leapt into their hearts so powerfully that they had no choice but to drop everything? We don't know. The gospel doesn't share the inner workings of the disciples or all the people who become disciples of their hearts and minds. We only know their actions. We know that Jesus' call ignites the hearts of two sets of siblings to drop everything. I've come to think of it like falling in love. Yet for these fishermen, it was total, all-in, head-over-heels love. That spark, whatever it was about Jesus, the recognition he is divine, the recognition that the good news is a better way, whatever that was, so powerful that it invited them to change. Diedrich Bonhoeffer describes it, this call, as being called out of the realm of the finite into the realm of infinite possibilities, which is the one liberating reality. A vision of moving beyond the finite to infinite possibilities will ignite change in our lives and our hearts. Now, lest we compare ourselves negatively or with jealousy to these four people who all of a sudden get it and bam, they're following Jesus, and lest we think, nope, <laughs> I'm not dropping it all for Christ, remember that the Gospels are the story writ large of Jesus. It's the all-in story of God's good news. And it's a story writ so clearly and directly about how Jesus works in the world, how the incarnation of God in the world works and reaches us in our ordinary lives. Jesus 
is a guy who calls us to be all in and whose life-changing love for us has no bounds. Now notice it doesn't say that he asked these brothers to believe X, Y, or Z, and then I'll let you follow me. No, there's no exclusivity here. There are no contingencies, no requirements for membership. These are ordinary guys, ordinary people. But however this love, this divine love and transformative love and liberating love was conveyed, these ordinary people, just like us, took action. I mean, I can only imagine these fisher folk in the face of this enormous love, thinking, whoa, he wants, like, me? Like, he's talking to me? Breathlessness. Instant obedience. You bet, I'm coming. I want this new life. I want to be with you. Because Jesus is, in the words of a contemporary theologian, more than a model teacher, more than a spiritual guide, more than an activist, Jesus is the presence of the living God and the transformative power of God. So these sets of siblings follow him. There's a Jesuit priest from the 20th century, Pedro Arupe, who also compares to this following as falling in love. He says, nothing is more practical than following God. That is, falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. So with this new life, with this love, comes practical change new ways of being. And this year we're going to hear a lot from the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to see these followers and the next followers and the next doing the practical do of following Jesus. These are Jesus' disciples, his students, his action figures. They all leave their previous professions and trot around Galilee Witnessing Jesus' healing, casting out evil, exerting power over nature itself. And they will stumble and they will bumble and we will hear over and over again how they don't get it. Yet still they take that action step of following and still Jesus loves them and keeps calling, follow me, follow me. Learning from Jesus means that we are called to go all in with our whole beings and with our actions and in our lives. And in doing so, we do have to leave stuff behind. Change always comes with loss. You change a job and we lose, for better or worse, the working relationships with our colleagues. We lose the history of wherever it was, whatever context we were working in. We lose the financial reality, be it good, bad, whatever. And perhaps we lose the commute, the rhythm, the schedule, the impact of this job on our lives. The same way the gospel is perfectly clear 
about how powerfully Christ's transformative power can move people's hearts, move our hearts, it's also clear that living into that love, living into the possibility of the infinite, means stepping out of security, moving away from the finite and the concrete, and embracing change in every aspect of our life. Jesus' loving call is to the core of our being. It's a call into the aches of our hearts, the broken places, the parts in us that are saying, there, there has to be a better way. This new way, Jesus, a better way. It means saying goodbye to our old ways. He's calling us to stop clinging to what we want and instead do what he wants. He's calling us to give up obstacles that separate us from God. He's calling us to leave behind our own nets. And that's not easy. Some of us have experienced the cost of casting our nets behind us, leaving our nets just in the choice to come to church, or even admitting to others, I go to church. You know, I actually believe in God. Just the choice of coming here for some of us has impact or threatens to impact some of our most intimate relationships, our lovers, our families perhaps, our colleagues, our friends. And for some of us, there have been difficult losses. When James and John are called, they're in a boat with their father Zebedee and hired hands. Yet Zebedee doesn't follow. The hired hands don't follow. James and John follow. Being transformed by love takes us to uncomfortable places. Yet in going there, we're upheld by this love and our hearts are transformed. And they're transformed, we are transformed into people of action. We are transformed into Jesus' action figures. And again, in the words of Pedro Arupe, engaging with God's love and being in love will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you will do with your evenings, how you will spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Following Christ, living into God's divine love, means that our actions and our, our hearts start being transformed so that what we do is not driven by our self-centered ideas, and our self-centered desires. It's not driven by fear, but driven by wanting to be one with all that is good and loving in the world. Our actions get harnessed by this love to be transform so we can be transformative powers in the world. And the more we engage with that, the more as we look around our world, we see what is out of whack with what Jesus would want, with what God wants for this world. 
the incongruities become more vivid and more painful and more uncomfortable. Many of us are in that boat today. Some of us are in the grips of personal darkness, called to let go of the grip we have on this darkness, let go of the fear of letting go of that darkness. Our nation is in the grips of power that denies human dignity over and over and over again, overtly degrading nations and whole peoples, depriving people, fellow creatures, beloved creatures of God, basic necessities of life. Our nation is in the grips of pervasive racism, in the grips of sexism that so vivid this week with the case of the gymnastics doctor sexually abusing over 120, and that's only the number that have come forward, 120 of our nation's greatest female gymnasts. Following Jesus doesn't mean we just bask in his love. It means we are called into action. It means that when we see these things that are wrong, we are to be the people of transformation. Following Jesus means actively countering evil with love and leaving our nets of worldly consequences and fear of worldly consequences behind. Now the reality is that a minute percentage of Jesus' followers do the all-in that the disciples that we read about today do, where they just drop everything and everything changes. For most of us, we let go of one net. We walk along with Jesus, and then we discover maybe I'm carrying an invisible backpack and maybe there's some more nets I've been hauling along. And we're called to let those go. Most of us, this is a gradual process, a gradual coming together into relationship with all that is good, divine, and holy. So our gospel today asks a question. What nets are you clinging to? What net is Christ calling you to set down? Because the proclamation is there is a better way. A better way calling us into deep love calling us to be transformed, calling us to be transforming agents in this broken world. This better way is Jesus, and let us follow him. Amen.